up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. How are you this fine Sunday morning? I can't figure out which way my hair is meant to have gone. I think this is the normal side, and then this side's kind of janky. So sorry if it looks a little cray-cray. It's all good. It's all fine. It's actually been a wonderful morning so far for me for me because I woke up. Well, Sam and I stayed up late both playing video games last night. Which How was late? Eleven thirty p.m. No, like one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, heavens to bits. It was great. <laughs> Sam's recently. I finally broke her down and got her to play Stardew Valley, and she is having a fantastic. I am time so in excited it. to have heard that news because oh, I am too. she's. I could. Just I can never so figure out what games I think Sam will or will not like. Mm-hmm. Like her taste is hard to nail down. Basically. Like zero story is better. It has to be like all activity based. And so which Stardew has like the just the tiniest bits of story that you have to mess around with. Oh, but man. other than that, it's just fine. And it's Enjoy. really all optional. You yeah. technically don't have to interact with anyone if you don't want I to. I know. It's great. So it's the perfect game. She's been having a blast with it. So she was playing that. I was playing some Rage Two last night. Woke up this morning, even played a little bit more Rage Two before we got here. Now here we are gonna oh, talk about some video goodness. games here. On Team Chat Podcast, a weekly video game show where we talk about those wonderful video games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode on YouTube. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We also have a Discord channel that you can join. Look for that and links for all that in the description below. And also, if you're really loving and appreciating and enjoying what we're creating for you each and every week. We'd really love it if you would support us and either heading over to patreon.com slash team chat podcast where you can support the show and in return we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before the general Tuesday release and access to a private channel on our Discord server, The Rogues Gallery, where we throw a little bit extra bits every now and then behind the scenes and just some a, a place for all of our patrons to have special discussions and everything like that with us and each other. But if you don't want to do that, that's totally fine. We understand. But we, if you don't want to do that, we would also really love it if you would throw us your support through either a subscribe, review, anything like that. So patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast. A big thank you to all of our patrons and a big thank you to all of our listeners as well. We love you all. Before we get to the main topic of the day, <laughs> let's have a little bit of news in our moment with Mogan. All right. There's not a ton of stuff coming out here in the last stretch of July. It's that slow summer. So we're going to do a tiny bit of recap from what we may have missed over the break. So, well, the break being for yeah, July. It's been like... Yeah, we, it's, it's been a while since we recorded. Yeah, but anyways, like over a week. So just in case you missed it, Streets of Rogue came out for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on July 12th. Also on July 12th, you had Dragon Quest Builders 2 for PlayStation 4 and Switch only. On July 19th, coming out very soon, we have Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Ooh. Oh, for Switch only? Yeah. Uh, oh, sure, sure, whatever. <laughs> well, that's because they're getting every, all the other consoles are going to get the big, uh, the, the other big Avengers game from Square Enix. Oh, okay. I don't know. Switch what, has got to have something. I don't know what the other big Marvel game is. Oh, uh, just the Avengers. Oh, okay. Sure. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, uh, it doesn't look that fun. <laughs> coming out a little bit later after that, July 25th, we've got Fan. Fantasy Strike for the PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. And then I guess I might as well just round out the month. There's really not much else coming out. Fire Emblem, Three Houses. Now that I'm sure people actually are excited about if you're really into Fire Emblem. It's supposedly a 
massive Fire Emblem game. So Fire Emblem Three Houses comes out for the Switch on July 26th. Kill La Kill IF comes out for PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC on July 26th as well. And then Wolfenstein Youngblood. Oh, I forgot that was coming out so soon already. Comes out for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Stadia, and PC on July 26th as well. And that's it for July. Do you think you'll try Stadia? Hell no. I might try it for a little bit. Are you kidding me? Hey, you want to try? You want to pay for this extra service and get to keep none of your games if you cancel it? Super, I love it. it. I'm pretty sure you can buy games. You want to not be able to actually access any of your games when the internet goes out? Boy, have I got the system for you! Yeah. That I would still be a just big want to try it, because I want to see what it's like to play a game through a web browser. Don't be a sheeple, Jerry. I'm not saying I'm going to sign up for it forever. <laughs> I just want to see at least, like, I just kind of want to try it. I'm, I'm curious enough to kind of try it. I mean, from what I've seen of their pricing, it is way too expensive for what you're getting. I'm not it interested. It is pretty expensive. Also, my internet isn't that good. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you might not even Two be birds, able to one the... stone. Why would I pay so much there to get go. games not run very well anyways? Hell no. I, I understand that completely. But then the other big bit of news yes. that came out that we are actually excited about and that will crush Stadia in its shoes. The it actually n- really <laughs> yeah, probably, probably will. will. Um, Nintendo Switch did just recently announce officially there had been rumors going on for a while, but this is at least the first of the systems that we have confirmed. The budget-friendly version of the Nintendo Switch, the Switch Lite, is official. Yes. So they gave out. They came out with this, in a, and I guess it was just a direct, not even a direct, just a release earlier in the last week. Uh, but it's launching on September 20th of this year. It'll be $199. Uh, it will be handheld only, so the Joy-Cons are actually built in and part of the main Yeah. Main. Uh, Somebody commented console. that the um, so device. I, I saw, I think, on Twitter a comment that was like, "It's good to see the final evolution of the PS Vita finally come around." And I was I like, "It's just, true." I actually just found my Vita again and like charged it up because I was gonna. I don't know why. I might put it on the on the you on the should. shelf here it next by to the now Game is Boy. As old as the Game Boy, the ar- the, ar- the archives of of game systems past, but. Uh, but yeah, so so it's got those uh, built-in Joy Cons, but those Joy Cons then have no HD rumble or the uh, mo- infrared motion stuff yep. for uh, since they're not detachable. It comes in three colors: yellow, gray, and turquoise. That turquoise say, is pretty. See, I only like the gray. The yellow and the turquoise are just too too bright for me. But that's just me. That's just my God, taste. You're such a colorless, boring person. <laughs> <laughs> Some people really hate the yellow because they think it looks like a kid's toy. And I'm it's like, you too, know what? It is for kids. The yellow's a little too bright. I, li- I, I like, like the, the yellow, yellow the least. Oh, see, I, li- I it's like... It's gray, the- turquoise, yellow. Ugh, gross. Gray is my least favorite. I like the turquoise yellow. What I really want them to do is mash them together and make like a, a candy-striped yellow and turquoise. Nintendo? Mis- Mr. Bowser? Are you now listening? What they, but what they really should do, though, and what the people would want, and actually what I would want, if, of, of anything, if I was ever to get a Switch Lite. Don't know if I'll ever get a Switch Lite. But if they came out with one of the old-style transparent ones like they used to do with Ooh, the Game Boys. Yes! Oh, my God. If they came out with the Glacier cool. Purple. Yes. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I would get that for Dude, sure. Dude, why, I mean, why did that trend die out? Because people loved that. It's so cool. You can people see the insides. People being able to see the insides yeah. of your system. Oh, that would be really awesome. So... Then it's it's really cool news because it's it's a hundred dollars cheaper than the original than the normal Switch, but obviously then you don't it's handheld only, so you don't get the dock. You can't you know pa, you, you know can't pl- play it on your TV exactly. So 
there are limitations to it, including some games not even being compatible for it. I mean, any game that is heavily Joy-Con reliant, some of the ones that we know for sure won't work on it are games like Just Dance, for example. Right. Obviously, can you imagine holding like the, <laughs> just, the Switch light the, the in your hand? The safety strap that you'd have to have. <laughs> you like duct tape it onto your wrist. Make sure you, ha- you have your wrist strap tightened so you don't throw oh your my Switch God. across the screen. That would be room. so funny. Uh, so Just Dance won't work on it. Mario Party for Switch actually won't work on it, which I was joking around of. Good. That means more people will be saved from Mario Party on the Switch. An excellent game with the Mario terrible, Party, terrible online features, i.e. none. Uh, and we were speculating that games like ARMS, for example, the uh, spring-loaded ARM punch Oh, that 1-2 Switch that they launched Ooh, with. Yeah, 1-2 Switch. That probably won't work for it either. Um, I don't think we have a full list of... Con- <laughs> Shaking your whole Switch. <laughs> I don't think there's a confirmed list of, ga- of all games that won't be Not compatible yet, for think. Switch Lite, but what I saw so far, it was nothing that I was really like heavily invested in. And honestly, I might get a Switch Lite for myself because anytime I go traveling, which is fairly frequent, it is kind of a pain to have to, not necessarily a pain, but I'm just worried right. that like my Switch will get damaged in transit. And it's like, well, if I have this... And you don't want to take your expensive one. Yeah, and I wouldn't be playing my Switch when I'm traveling on the TV anyways. Mm-hmm. So why not just get a Switch Lite? have basically what is a backup system and take that on the go with me all over the world. One time I did have to travel for work and I did take my Switch dock with me and that felt like a luxury <laughs> in the hotel room. I bet that felt really weird. It was kind of <laughs> odd. I was actually playing Hollow Knight and, and stuff in, in some Breath so of the Wild not- and I was just like, all right, this you, is this is odd playing a Switch on the screen really in, the t- in, in a hotel. It did feel really weird. I don't like that. So what do you think then? Is going to happen, and what does this mean with the Switch Lite? To me, this means with the Switch Lite coming out, 3DS is probably on the way out. Well, I think the 3DS has been on the way out, and really, I feel like the Switch Lite is really the big brother to the 3DS. Right. I don't even, I mean, it can play Switch games, which is obviously a big deal, but in terms of what types of players I think will gravitate towards Switch Lite, I think it's going to be a big chunk of the 3DS base, mm-hmm. just basically moving on into the future. But uh, still, I mean, I guess. The switch, the switch light is still a hun- over a hundred dollars more than a 3ds. Well, no, our 3ds is like eighty nine, ninety bucks. You know, you're right. They've gone down a lot in price by now, but that's because the 3ds is by now a pretty old handheld right. system. But I mean, I mean they keep them recent, of course, and they're but still it's not putting like, out games for it. They still put out games for them, so I don't think we'll see the 3ds go away anytime super soon. I'm not saying but like I'm, I'm not saying over, like they're going to say like, hey, we're cutting it off, we're done, we're I, not making. I think anymore, in maybe one to two years, that's what I was we're, we're probably going to get that announced, especially if there does become another like a higher model of the switch. Then I would. Then I would say. See, I think that that's what is probably going to happen next. Is right, eventually so they're going to announce what is basically. I, I in my mind, it's like the Switch Ultra. Are they calling it like HD Switch HD <laughs> or something, something like that? It's I wish they the would rumored. just call it the Switch Ultra. That would be a pretty. <laughs> that would that's be a, that's pretty a very good awesome. Title. I like that. Uh, Nintendo. My, good ideas coming from over my right theory here. is that it. it's going to weigh eighty pounds. It's going <laughs> to. You need a backpack. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Switch Lite isn't compatible with Labo. That was the other thing. Talking about the backpack. Oh, of course. Because I remember there was something that. That makes perfect sense. Uh, so yeah, my theory is it's going to be 80 pounds. I have 1,000 terabytes of storage. Oh my God. It will have nine Joy-Cons. Don't ask me why it's an uneven number that will attach to it in a different configuration depending on what game you're playing. Um, now, here's, it, here's the problem. You're, you're missing something with this because instead of nine Joy-Cons, it should have eight. So it could be... Switch Played Octopath. by spiders? Oh, yeah, you're right. 
Okay, it'll have Switch a Ultra Joy-Cons. Octopath Edition. Switch, yeah, where you can Project all play Switch Octopath. Octopath. <laughs> Project Switch Octopath. <laughs> where you and seven friends can each play as one character, and it's a giant co-op JRPG. Yep. That would be a terrible idea. <laughs> don't, don't do that. But yeah, so eventually we'll probably get a higher-end Switch, and then we'll have the nice mid-tier normal Switch, and then we'll have the budget Switch Lite. So I think that that's a really good marketing strategy. I've never had a problem with like this, these different tiers of consoles. So mm-hmm. this is just good news to me. Yeah, yep. it's very exciting stuff. Well, it's time to move on to our main topic of the day, which we are jumping back to our series on platformers. So we took a little bit of a hiatus from this to fit some other topics that we really wanted to talk about in, but we're back to discuss two more. We're excited about it. We are. I am very excited about the game that I I brought today. I don't don't know what game you're going to talk about, and I know you don't know what game I'm going to talk about unless you saw me playing it on my Switch. Okay, then that's good. We're not going to cross... Over. Okay, good. Nice. <laughs> uh, unless you suddenly started playing either Katana Zero or, or uh, My Friend Pedro, but that's no not no. what I'm talking about yeah, today. No. So, which one of us would like to start off? You go first. I'll go first. I all think right. I went first last time. You're right. I think you did. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'll kick us off then. After you, good sir. My game to begin our wonderful th- third entry. Oh, my God. What's it going to be? Wait, let me guess. My Tome of Knowledge. You know, I, you know I love to guess. Okay, give me like two hints and then let me guess. Emotional. <gasps> Cute. Cute. The characters, anyway. Uh, one of the Kirby games. No. Damn it. Sad. I'll throw oh, that in there too. Kirby's not sad. Okay, it can't be Limbo because Limbo's not cute. No, it Limbo's terrifying. It can't be Inside because Inside's terrifying. And Limbo drove me crazy with all the damn puzzles. Sad and cute. Oh, and it's a platformer. A sad, cute platformer. <laughs> It'll make sense once I say the title. Do you, do you got any guesses? The Binding of Isaac? No. Oh. That one's not cute either. That's it's, terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, depending on how, what, kind <laughs> what kind of cute you yeah, like. Yeah, what kind of cute you like. <laughs> um, gosh, uh, give me one more guess. You want one more? Give me one more hint. A sequel is coming soon. A sequel is coming soon. Oh, my God. Oh, this is so funny that you're, <laughs> that you're blanking <laughs> on it. <laughs> I really don't know what it is. It is. Ori in the Blind Forest. Oh my god, of course it is. <laughs> the sequel Dang Ori it. and the Will of the Wisps coming out I February of 2020. Didn't even think about it. Well, don't I feel silly now. Oh, that's, but all, that's all right. Ori in the Blind Forest is one that we have talked about for a while. We've actually, I believe it's been one that I've been kind of playing off and on since we started doing this show. And we've it, talked about the It came soundtrack. out in 2015. Oh yeah. So it's been, so it's been out for a few years. Uh, and then, and yeah, we've talked about the soundtrack a ton because it's actually one of those things. I think it's one of those games that I heard the soundtrack first. It was like, Oh my God, then played the game. And when the soundtrack combined with the game was even then even more, Oh my God, this is amazing. And so I finally actually sat down, played through and finished and completed. So I'm all done. Of, Got all my thoughts. Of the games that I know are in your backlog, this is probably one of the only ones that I'm very happy to hear that you actually circled back to you and finished. You need to finished. somehow figure out a way to play this game. Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's only Xbox. it's only Xbox yeah. and like, PC. So you gotta, PC. You got you to play it. It's so Man, I do good. hope that eventually it comes to Switch. Switch Lite, baby! Well, you know what? That is a possibility, I guess, because since now, they brought Cuphead yeah, and all that other stuff. And now Xbox and Nintendo are like bestest buds. That's true. They got to get on it. Anyways, continue. So, Ori and the Blind Forest came out in 2015, was developed by Moon Studios and published by Microsoft. It was directed and written by Thomas Mahler. It, and so the other person that I want to really point out was the artist, Johan Phil Huber. 
I hope I'm saying his last name right. All you need to know is that his name is Johan, which is excellent. Because I'll, I'll talk about the art a little bit later in the game. But, I mean, if, if you've seen screenshots of the game or anything it's like that. beautiful. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. And then composed the soundtrack, because we're all talking about that a lot, Gareth Coker. So, basically, and I don't want to – this is one, too, that I, I really connected with this game. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this one is because most platformers I feel like I play, I enjoy them for the gameplay. And I really don't. Like, I know there's a story, but I don't pay as much attention to the story. Like, Donkey Kong. Do I care about the story of Donkey of Kong? Of course not. Of course not. not. Neither does around. Donkey Kong himself. No, I'm just <laughs> running around bashing fools. And that's what's fun about that game. Katana Zero. It had, a fun, it had a fun, interesting story. But at the end of the day, get me to the levels. Let me figure out how to hack and slash my way through all these fools, you know, as quick as I can. Ori in the Blind Forest is different because it has its opening when it shows its initial story and you see the first few cutscenes and everything and get into this immediately is one of those that hits you with that emotional gut punch. Just, just takes you down to your knees, makes you cry because it's got a sad, sad story. It does. And so I connected with it emotionally on an emotional level, which is different for me with platformers. You have no emotions as we know. I, yes. I'm a stone <laughs> cold person. And so I have, have no heart, no but, heart. And so that was a big thing. And it's, like I said earlier, since the music already, which the music beautifully orchestrated and everything, which is actually spoiler, we're going to feature it in our soundtrack spotlight, so you'll get to hear a little bit. And I might include a little bit in there when I, later when I get to the actual soundtrack part of this. But it's just the, those two things combined created this incredibly emotional journey, that one that I was invested in in every sense. And for a platformer especially, for me, that's, that's very unique. And that's why I wanted to focus on this one. So basically, what is this game about? Well, you play as Ori, who is a young spirit guardian in the forest of Nibel. And basically, at the very beginning of the game, you fall from what is your home or your or your because I'm assuming you're like born from this spirit tree is where Probably. you come from. That isn't like the source of power in life for the for, for Nibel. And so you during a storm, you are knocked out of the tree. And then you're lost, and this woodland creature, Naru, finds you, and she takes you home she's and cares like a, for you, becomes your adoptive mother, yeah, basically, and like raises a, you. Oh, she's beautiful. She, she is. Just a, just a sweetheart. And, the, and like the montage at the beginning where it's Naru and Ori like cleaning up the forest, you know, showing, or, showing or, Naru showing – God. Naru showing Ori – there we go <laughs> – how to like, you know, grow and learn and eat all these different things, foraging for food and all this. It's just this wonderful, beautiful sequence in this game. Again, accompanied by the wonderful score by Gareth Coker. And, but then an event happens. A cataclysm. Basically, the spirit tree tries to find Ori by like sending out this like beam of light or this bit and, and this causes some kind of like cataclysmic event because when the spirit tree sent out this light to find Ori, it can and everything. I don't I'm not totally sure like what caused it to have this negative effect, but it wound up killing the young of this huge owl Kuro. And as in revenge to keep that from ever happening again, Kuro goes and steals the core of the spirit tree, which causes the balance of Nibel to fall apart. The, because the spirit tree holds the three forces of Nibel, which are uh, waters, winds, and warmth together. That's kind of like the thing that makes them all work cohesively. And when the core was taken from the tree, all that f falls to shit, basically. And everything starts falling apart. The forest starts dying. Animals start dying and all this. And it just becomes this wasteland. 
slight story spoiler here because it's, it's the impetus. You just said all the spoilers. I'm just kidding. That's all That's early all game. That's first, all within the first five minutes. Yeah, for real, never mind. <laughs> Literally within the first montage. But so slight story spoiler here, but this event causes food to become scarce. And you see in this that Naru actually dies, your adopted oh. mother. And that is the emotional gun punch oh. right out the gate. That You're just like, what is happening? What is this? I did not sign up for this and level Naru of emotional like, trauma. Ori is like a small little creature that kind of looks like a mix of a fox and maybe a lemur. Yeah. And Naru is like this big, kind of rotund, more adorable. Yeah, she's kind of like a gorilla in, mm-hmm. in a certain sense. But she has kind of more of a humanish face, I would say. It actually more reminds me of, I don't, I don't know. The point is, I'm Naru is of. a gentle giant yes. in comparison to Ori. Yes, who is and a tiny, small, woodland oh, guardian it's creature. devastating. Um, and so, as you leave, because you once you find, once Ori discovers that Naru has died, Ori leaves to try to like figure out and, dis, and decide what is, what's happening, what's causing all this. Plus, she just has to leave to, find, to try to find food. And once that happens, you, are, you meet Sane. Who is this glowing blue orb? Who who then like explains to you what happened? Explains to you what you need to do to fix it, and then follows you around, and then follows you and guides you on the rest of your journey. That's also where all of your attacks and abilities originate from. Is out of sane, and so like you have you shoot spirit flame that when you come across enemies which are other creatures of the forest, you can you like hit X on the. And it shoots out all these arcs of this white flame, basically, with, that hits your enemies. You can later get abilities that will, like, charge it up and to cause a, ma- a big explosion. Cool. All this different. And then it, Sane will, Sane's abilities will even allow Ori to do, like, powerful ch- dashes. You know, like, you can jump, hit the down on your on your control stick, and Ori will, like, ball up and slam through, like, hard, hard uh, rocks and everything like that to open up a written more pathways. And so you go, and you have to go to these different areas of the forest to restore balance to the three uh, to the three elements, and once you do that, then you are able to then go and complete and hopefully try to re- regain the core to the spirit tree. Do you just like hug it out with that owl at the end, and then he changes his ways? No. <laughs> oh, but kinda, sad. I, I, I don't know. But this is again, this is one of those that I don't know if I necessarily want to spoil how yeah, it ends. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It is kind of an older game. It's like what four years, four years old, old by now, yeah. but still, still it's, it's, got it's, such... it's like, again, it's, it's it connects with me on such a level and because it's of still its story. Such a really I don't good wanna... looking game because oh, yeah. of its unique art style. I feel like it it hasn't dated. Like it's still as playable today as it was. Four I mean, years I, ago. I literally finally finished it. Yeah. Two weeks ago, and it's still amazing. And it was, it's, it's so gorgeous. So let's let's quick, take a quick detour here, then talk about the art because the art of it, every again, you're taking place in a forest, but you're also taking it's or the l- large majority. You also eventually take some place in like some mountains or some uh, more arid parts of the forest where like the destruction in Nibel has seen has been a little bit larger. But you still, but everything about it is, is kind of this lush. All the colors are deeply are deep deep colors like deep greens for everything it just looks but it's also very bright and just has this this magical element to it is really how i how i would describe it the tones are very saturated yes yes very like saturated tones Every, all the colors are super deep it just it just has it's just beautiful and it's not it's not cartoony like i, I wouldn't call it a cartoon it just looks i don't i don't Again, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, this is where I if, look at pictures of it, damn it. <laughs> because I, I just can't do justice with my words of how look pretty this game is. Look at pictures of it, damn it. Chair at 2019. <laughs> uh, video people, I'll throw some pictures up here. Right now. But uh, I actually stumbled across our quotes channel. I was like, hasn't been getting a lot of action lately. It's getting one right now. <laughs> but still, it just. 
it's just such a it sets up this beautiful environment and one that again it's it's all it's just one of these games where everything comes together so cohesively to just create a masterpiece i feel like in my opinion for this game and because when you pair it with the with the story you pair it with the music and you pair it with that art all three of those things the holy triumvirate just come together and it's great and so let's see what else do i got on this so I guess the gameplay really is what we can I can talk about next. Where the gameplay is typical platformer, but it's not where you're running around. You you have you're, you're jumping up to different platforms. You're going through all these different areas. There are environmental enemy things that can damage you. There are obviously enemies which are resemble forest creatures. Like there's one that looks like a kind of a frog like creature that like jumps and tries to slam on you. There's this other one that kind of looks like a mix of like a tiny rhino and an armadillo. Oh, that sounds adorable. He's pretty cute, but he's a. <laughs> Pain to kill. Oh <laughs> but my god! When you little, have to. I like. I'm imagining that creature in real life. How great would that be if you just gave a full size rhino like a little armadillo shell? Well, it's because that's what it does. <laughs> you see it, and it sees you, and it jumps, rolls into a ball, and then like rolls at you really oh fast. Oh my god, that's fantastic! And you have to use, and you can't like jump on it to hurt it. You have to use. You figure out a way to use the environment to get rid of it. Oh, okay. Which is part of the fun about this game and what makes it it's actually somewhat of a metroidvania style platformer in the sense that you go through the levels and you go through the world and you'll find statues that you can that will bless you with uh since you're a guardian of the spirit of you know of nibel then you can use these statues to to improve your your abilities gain new abilities such as like the dashes double jumps triple jumps all that different stuff that you can do uh but then also as you go through the game and you're killing, you know, defeating enemies or finding like plants that give you life, that give you life, or even uh, upgrade your energy bar because you have these t- those two. You have your life orbs and you have your energy cells and all this. And you find those throughout the world, and you can get to either gain more or refill them after you've used them or taken damage. In the case of health, the energy cells are also used to unlock new areas. Like you'll find these spirit doors, which you have to have a certain amount. You have to have like four energy cells to be able to unlock to go through, and the you can get new ones by finding them in hidden areas usually throughout scattered throughout the map but as you do all this thing as you go through explore new areas defeat enemies and and all this you'll gather ability points which then can be used to upgrade your abilities giving you like your spirit flame will do more damage your burst will do the burst spirit burst will do impact a greater area different things like that you get more health yada 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 and so it's it just really and then going through that allows you to then unlock areas and get to areas in the map that you might not have been able to get to before. So it just really creates this fun. You never get bored with the gameplay. You always find something new, something, a new way to implement it. The level design is outstanding. And because there are a lot of these ways, like you have to start combining and using all of Ori's abilities to get through it, especially the last level in Mount Horu. That's not a spoiler. Is that the lava E level? Yes. Oh God. So hard oh my god but you start using you have to really use all of ori's abilities and the game is not forgiving you have to get your timing perfect (laughs) which makes it very difficult but i love that kind of challenge i would much rather have the challenging the challenges be that more of a thing than trying to be like okay so if i hit this lever over here it's going to unlock this over here which then i can Go over here. <laughs> we know, know you don't like I know. puzzles. I know. I'm just reiterating. I'm reiterating. So I much rather like it where it's all about the timing and using the abilities. So it hits. It hits all the right buttons for me. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, that was, that was pretty sorry. lame. <laughs> but 
even my jokes aren't that lame. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so you go through and you do, unlock all these abilities. You go through all these different parts in the effort to restore this force of Nibel. And really, once you get to the final levels and you are using all of Ori's abilities, Ori, like your movements become almost a dance. And it's and that's what I love about it too is the the animation of the game is very fluid is very clean because Ori when she does her jumps she'll curl and like she double jump she doesn't just jump jump she like jumps when you double jump she'll curl into this ball and like do a little flip and and then even you have this one ability that can you can start deflecting projectiles like if you're in the air you can you'll like say there are these spiders that shoot these little energy balls at you and everything and you you jump up at it the right at the last second. Hold Y, it'll like kind of slow time and freeze. You can re-angle the the uh, the projectile back at whatever Ooh. shot it at you, and then you can release, and it'll either like j- push you out farther in the opposite direction. So there are many parts of the game, especially later on once you get that ability, where you have to basically climb through the air using projectiles. Using that projectiles that are coming projectiles, down. Projectiles, projectiles, and it's <laughs> it just makes and you're doing that. But you can also like say there are these uh, later in the game too. There are these bird enemies that will attack you and they'll dive bomb you. But you Ugh. can use that ability off of them too. So it just gets ridiculous. But figure, trying to figure out all the different ways where okay, I got a projectile, I got to launch off this one. Now I got to slam down to get through this thing. But then I got to dodge because here comes one of the jumpy dudes. It can get really hairy and hectic. But once you really learn and master and figure out all the different ways to use the mechanics, like I said, it becomes a dance and it's beautiful. And I, it's and especially when it comes, it really comes into play when you get to the bosses. Which I say that in quotes. Air, air quotes for audio listeners because the bosses aren't where you fight a boss like a single enemy it's more like a gauntlet run oh okay an I obstacle gotcha. course kind of a thing where that is where the timing has to be perfect yeah in the, I gotcha. in throughout the levels you can kind of you can be like oh my bad kind of screw that one up a little bit but i can recover no, not with the boss, not yeah. with these gauntlet runs. It gets ridiculous. And so it's just a truly imaginative, magical experience of a game that just really connected and stuck with me. And one that I kind of, I definitely want to go back and play again. I would thought maybe I would try to 100% it, but there's no way. Did you look at the list of oh achievements and this you were like, like, oh God. You don't die. You can't oh, die yeah. through the whole game. What? Hollow Knight has that same achievement. I died like 500 times. (laughs) Hollow Knight has an achievement where you don't get hit. Oh, what? The whole game. What? Oh, wait, maybe I'm confusing that with the Pantheon challenges. There's a Pantheon challenge. It's in the DLC. It's not a super big spoiler because there's no story about it. But basically, it's like an ultra boss run where you have to not get hit even once. And it's all bosses that are harder versions of themselves. It's neither here no nor fun. there because I'll never do it. That sounds no fun. <laughs> and that's what I saw that too with Ori because it's, it's really fun because it gives you – I actually got pretty close to 100%ing the map itself, like unlocking oh, yeah, all the areas okay. and that. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll go do that. Maybe I'll try to find all the life cells and energy cells and, and ability point uh, things that are, that are placed throughout the map and try to find all the secret areas. But as far as 100%ing it as, uh, and doing that as, in terms of achievements, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely Sometimes not. achievements just aren't fun. <laughs> no. I, I, I would be so frustrated. I would be so mad. Because it, also, it has stats. Like, it shows you all the different things that you've done and all that. And one of them it does. It does keep track of your deaths. I oh. legitimately died, I think, like 500 times I'm not this game. actually sure if Hollow Knight keeps track of your deaths. 
It, because Mine why? would be very yeah. There's no point. <laughs> it would be so. Defeating. It would be so high. <laughs> but it it has some really f- other great mechanics in it too because you have the ability to create your own save points using Ooh, your energy really? cells. Huh. And eventually, if you go on later in the game, you can whenever you create a save point, that will actually restore some of your health. Oh, that's fascinating. But you have to remember then that you have to use these energy cells for other things too. So you can't just go save crazy every time you defeat like a certain hard gauntlet of enemies. You have to really be strategic about where you're going to plan out. And there are a couple times I got stuck in some of the later levels because I created a save point at a very bad place where I should not have done it. And then I had to keep dying over and over again and like trying to figure out from this one spot to finally be able to to advance or regain enough energy cells to save somewhere else that was actually a smart place to save. So it just there are a lot of things to take into account when you're going through this game. A lot of different things to get, uh, to keep an eye on and be aware of because enemies can be fast, they can be kind of slow, and they can all be joined together all at once and create kind of a bit of a mayhem. But again, you dance around all their projectiles and their enemy blows using Ori's smooth, fluid movements. And it's oh, a is it just experience. like what you just, just demonstrated? Like what yeah, you just believe, like this. Everybody needs to watch the video oh, yeah. to view Jared's amazing See, it's, Ori it's dance. Just like, it's just like projectile. No. <laughs> you know, it's Neo's, Neo's this is like some parkour here. happening. <laughs> but again, like I said, it just—it's just so good, and and the story of it really is what sold me on this one. And it's the story sold me first. It was the music, then the story, then the actual gameplay itself is what sold me on this game. And I would say definitely go listen to the whole soundtrack. Like I said, we'll feature a song later on in in the uh, soundtrack spotlight. But the soundtrack itself is again a very full orchestral score. It's which with some incredible vocals by Ariel Brighton and who is the other So Gareth Coker for those that don't know also did the soundtrack for Journey which is No, that's Austin Oh Wintry. yeah, you're right. That's Austin Wintry. Yeah. What did Gareth Coker do? Cuz he's got another big one that is like beautiful. Now I'm completely blanking. I know I am too. Anyways, go go back to whatever you were saying. My <laughs> but, bad. No, it's all right. But uh, but anyway, so those score also features incredible vocals by Ariel Brighton and Rachel Mellis and it's just it's great because it has these tracks, especially in the beginning, that are so lighthearted and cheerful, you can't help but smile while listening. But then when you do have other tracks that are more action-based, like the one, uh, the one big one, Fleeing Kuro, is so intense, and it's just like this very high, fast strings, uh, just making it kind of sounds, it honestly kind of reminds me of the music in the stampede scene of The Lion King. Oh, huh. That's yeah. stressful. And so, yes. Incredibly <laughs> Very stressful. stressful. And so it, it just it, it's just so wonderful how there's this mix of this in, this lighthearted thing to keep and every and, and just these um, that really pull on the heartstrings, but then it can immediately one eighty and just make you so stressed and panicked and really add to the to the uh the struggle of especially those the gauntlet runs and everything like that that you have to go through in this game. It's incredible. It is just one that I can just put on and completely get lost to lost in while while uh, while listening to it. I remember once I was I was on a car, I was on a car ride drive and I was just listening to it while I was driving. Completely missed my exit because I was just, <laughs> I was just going so, so beautiful, so great, so <laughs> wonderful. You're just in such a state of peace that you're like, whoops. Oh yeah, for real. And I was <laughs> like, oh, that's where I need to go. All right, sorry about that. But anyway, that's so really funny. It's it's incredible. Uh, it's it's in fact I do want to play because the, the one I want to f- feature on their sp- soundtrack spotlight is actually is Naru embracing the light featuring Rachel Mellis. But the one that I kind of did want to... that f- means that she's dying. Maybe. Wow. 
No, it's not. It's oh, not. Okay. It's actually no. You're. It's a. Uh, it's actually like the montage stuff when Naru is oh, raising Ori. Okay. So okay. it's 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 wonderful. Gotcha. So that's why it's happy. So I don't okay. want you know I don't okay. want to have something too sad. Yeah. For don't bring clothes. me down, man. <laughs> but I did want to still play the the. Uh, the Kuro's Fleeing Kuro, because that one is... God, I know what track you're talking about, and it's insane. It's, it's insane. so good. I'm so excited. Let's, I just want to listen to that, just a little bit of it. Big owl, right? Crow's the big owl. Yeah, yeah. the the big bad the, of of the game. Yeah, or is it the spirit tree for causing the cataclysm <gasps> that caused Crow to hunt you all down? Maybe if the spirit tree had kept its core better protected, this wouldn't happen. But Ori's lost. Ori is the guardian. Oh well, whatever. Still, <laughs> whose fault is it to say yeah. <laughs> you decide when you play Ori in the Blind Forest? But that pretty much wraps it up. It's an incredible game. One that I think if you're looking for a more emotional story based platformer with incredibly fun gameplay and an incredible soundtrack. Or in the Blind Forest is the game that you're looking for. And because of all these things, incredibly excited for Will of the Wisps. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, so I'm good. just holding out hope that Will of the Wisp and maybe Ori in the Blind Forest, the first one, will eventually make it to Switch. Because as much as I love Ori, I'm not going to buy an Xbox or a PC gaming laptop just to be able to play it. Yeah. Sorry. You already got I that don't switch. have that kind of money. I mean, it's already been rumored that they're going to bring Ori. God, when, I they, hope when so. there were the rumors of Cuphead coming there uh, to the Switch, there was rumors of no Ori going to come as well. Microsoft, make it happen. Make it happen. But what game is your? So you and pick? me accidentally kind of aligned on a couple of points, oh. and I wouldn't say that our games are super similar because in hearing you talk about Ori, they're really not. Uh, but some of what you said at the beginning of your spiel, I was like, "Hey, my game is a lot like that. It's another very story-based uh, 2D side-scrolling platformer. It's not exactly older. If I'm not mistaken, it came out in 2018. It also has." Owls. Oh, oh. Can you guess what it is? That was probably the biggest dead giveaway of all time. <laughs> is it the Is it the 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 hit Zack Snyder film Owls the Guardians of Gahul? It is. Oh my god. It's the Weavers, you know that? <laughs> I bet you 20 bucks there's a Wii game of Owls of Ghoul. Look, look it up right now. I completely forgot God, about that movie. I really hope that there is such a game. It's not Zack Snyder's Owls of Ghoul for the Wii, which may or may not be a real game. It is Owlboy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I was I, like, I, it, I know literally nothing about this game. You other went than the name. so much deeper with Owls of Goo <laughs> <laughs> than you. You could have just guessed Owlman, and you would have been fifty percent of the way there. Uh, but anyway, so I was having a lot of trouble picking which game I wanted to do for my third installment of the series because I knew what my last game would be, but Same. I couldn't figure out what I wanted one of my mid games to be. And in thinking of what I had already featured, uh, being Samus Returns for the 3DS and Snake Pass for 
for the Nintendo Switch, I realized that even though I feel like I kind of live in an oversaturated world of them, I hadn't actually yet featured a true retro-styled, more recent side-scrolling platformer game. So I was like, oh, I totally should do one of of those. And some of the games that I was considering were Dead Cells, which is kind of like that. I did get to play Dead Cells a little bit through uh, my recent vacation. Bromogan owns it. And in playing a little bit of it, I was like, this is nice, but I don't want to buy this. <laughs> I've heard it's, I, it's, a, it's a punishing one as well. I might still go back and attempt it at a later time, but it wasn't what I really wanted because I do feel like I play a lot of platformers that are very heavily invested in, like you said, the mechanics. They're very all about the timing. It's mostly a mechanic-based game. The story might be there, but it's either really deeply hidden or it's not that prevalent in terms of you could play the whole game and miss the story if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. I wanted a game that had a lot of story, a lot of really well-developed characters that you got to stick with for a long time, because, you know, I'm a big fan of JRPGs, right. and that's like, you get your crew, you go on a long journey together, it's all about, like, friendship and crap, and I was like, where can I find that in a platformer? And Owlboy actually has all of that and a bag of chips. Ooh. So I would say... So so, first of all, I so, should give a little bit of... Quick interjection. Oh my god, please tell me it's Legend real. Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul video game, released in s- September 14th, 2010 for PlayStation 3, Wii, <gasps> Xbox 360, and the Nintendo DS. We have to get Owls of Gahul for the Wii, and we have to play it on stream. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're all about owls this episode. It's all about owls. So, new team chat fundraiser, we need... 20 bucks? How much can I get? $5 at this point. We need $5 to be able to buy Alice of Ghoul for the Wii and we'll play it for you. Anyways. Not Elves of Ghoul. Back to Owlboy. Uh, this game was developed by D-Pad Studio, published by D-Pad Studio. I do believe it is what most would consider to be a pure indie game. Mm-hmm. The director is Simon Stefsnes? Stefnes? Stefnes? <laughs> Simon Anderson. Simon Stefnes Anderson. Okay. Uh, he was also the designer for the game, along with Adrian Bauer. The artist is himself, Simon Stefnes Anderson. The composer is Jonathan Gear, And I do want to talk about the soundtrack a little bit more later. Uh, but Owlboy is out for Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, Linux, Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. So unlike Ori and the Blind Forest, anyone can play this game. Except for Wii users. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but the development of the game is actually really interesting because uh, Anderson was inspired by a lot of old Nintendo games when he was trying to make this game, and he started uh, development on it way back in 2007. So Owlboy actually took just about a decade to actually finish its development cycle. And again, that's probably because it was a very small crew, not necessarily a one-man show, but a real small crew of an indie team. Uh, he was inspired by Super Mario Brothers 3 and Kid Icarus primarily. Mm. And that Kid Icarus inspiration really comes through in the flight aspects of Owlboy. Uh, because yeah, this, sense. I would say, is where... Owlboy takes a hard left away from most other platformers in that, you know, a lot of platforming is based on jumps, combats, parries, counters, that kind of stuff. Owlboy really doesn't feature any of that very prominently. Mm -hmm. Uh, So your controls are if you hit A, you do jump. 
And if you hit A again while you're in the air, Owlboy wears um, his special owl cloak, and he'll just kind of float in the air. So, like, when you hit A and then hit A again, he stays, like, in the air, and his owl cloak flaps around him, and he just kind of sits there. And then he remains flying indefinitely, and you then control him in the air with the analog stick oh, or the cool. D-pad. So it's actually nice. You Unlike with Snake Pass, where you had to very actively use all of the controls for movement at all, times. Mm-hmm. Owlboy's like, no, you just hit A while you're in the air, and then you're flying, and then you go from there. And you really just have full range of motion. You can go up, down, left, right, anywhere you want. And then in addition to that, you have a very basic uh, kind of I hesitate to even call it an attack because it barely is. You can spin. Mm-hmm. He does like this little spin in the air and you can kind of like knock creatures out for a second sort of to stun them. Uh, but you can't really kill anything with your spin. Uh, you need other features for that. But you've got your spin. You've also got a roll. Your roll you can do on the ground. It mostly speeds you up. Uh, it's not really that good for on the ground, that is. It's not very good for dodging. But you can also do that same roll in the air, which is really great for dodging. So when you're actually airborne and you're hit, you're using your, I think it's the B button. Y is your spin, B is your roll, A is your jump and fly. Uh, if you're rolling while you're in the air, especially at diagonals, it really does speed you up for a really nice aerial dodge. So that spin is a very important. Uh, after I had done a big Owlboy session recently, I then decided to wind down with Stardew. Nice. And I found myself attempting to roll. <laughs> like, as the farmer, I was like, I want to go faster. And I was like, oh yeah, I can't roll in this game. Really he, he's really, you gotta drink coffee. That speeds him up. No. Yeah. Okay. If you make and gr- if you grow your own coffee and then... Th- th- we're not talking about Stardew. Right, okay, okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll research that on my own. Such a good game. <laughs> if only it were a platformer. Uh, but anyways, so those are your basic controls. The game gets way more interesting, and this is a part of it that I really enjoy, in that, like I said, Owlboy himself, he can't really do any damage. I mean, he can kind of inconvenience creatures and maybe stun them enough to get away, but he's really got no attacks on him. So how does he actually fight and make his way through the world of dangerous times? He needs his friends! His buddies! buddies. He's got permanent buddies! So I think from what I can see of a menu screen, caveat, I have not finished Owlboy, okay. but I fully intend to, and I f- I'm actually really struggling to gauge how far I've gotten. But you've got like the mechanics. I feel and all like the, I've the, made the really good progress, down. but I have no idea how far I am in terms of time of the game. Uh, but I know that eventually I will have what appear to be four companions. I've already got two of them, and I don't feel bad talking about them because they're on the box art. So <laughs> they are your best friend, Getty. So Owlboy. I guess I should actually give a bit of a background to sort of the game's broader story. Owlboy is actually part of what appears to be a special race in his world of owls, which are like these owl people. Uh, they kind of have like a wizard-like mage-ish status okay. in their world, which I don't know what their broader world is called, but the town that Owlboy hails from is called Veli, and one of the big capitals of their aerial space is uh, Advent. And they all live on floating islands. So a big part of why this game is so aerial-based is that you're in the sky all the time. It's like Skyloft from Skyward Sword. I was about to say, it sounds like Skyward Sword. Uh, But it's a beautiful, unlike a lot of the other uh, games that we play that are, you know, kind of these more difficult um, platformers, the color palette from Owlboy is very 
bright, like bright blue sky, beautiful green floating islands. Everything is bright. Sunset is beautiful. The stars come out at night, and it's still just as beautiful. It's mm-hmm. a very bright, happy-looking game. Uh, that being said, the story of Owlboy starts out it pretty it doesn't start out pretty bad but it gets bad really quickly which is what i think is really interesting about it so owlboy has this uh mentor his name is osio he's basically an older owl so he's like a mature owl man and he's all like we are about wisdom and and i don't know what else goes with wisdom i mean that's what owls are known for smartness i don't know <laughs> Uh, so he's basically trying to mold Owlboy. He even says this. He's like, I will mold you into the perfect image of myself. So your beginning montage of the game is that Owlboy is based... It's your tutorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's You're trying to do what Osseo tells you to do in terms of your flying, your picking up and grabbing. And every time you do this in the tutorial, I think you're set up to fail. So I think that there's no way that you can do the tutorial correctly. Uh, because even when you do the mechanics right, you somehow mess it up and then Osseo really just lays in to uh, Otis. Excuse me, Owlboy's name is actually Otis. Okay. He has a name. Uh, Osseo really lays into Otis and not in the way of like, oh, I can't believe you keep messing up. He's like, you are a failure. Oh, you shit. always mess up everything I tell you to. You're not worth my time. He's brutal towards Otis. And Otis like is a mute. So Otis actually can't talk in the game. He's your typical silent protagonist. But even though it's this sort of really uh, modern 16-bit graphics, it's detailed enough that Owlboy has a lot of experience expression and when osseo like yells at him like this he like kind of pulls his arms in close to him to bring his cloak around him and his shoulders heave up and down and he frowns really hard and like he's clearly like he looks like he's gonna break down in tears at any moment you're like oh my god this osseo dude blows poor otis cheer up buddy but the entire uh village basically thinks of otis as a failure Mm -hmm. And even when they're nice to him, they're like, oh, you know, Otis, he can't really do anything right. And like, he's clearly, they really are dicks to him. And it's just like, oh my God, poor Otis. Uh, And he's got this best friend, Getty, who in town is human. He's not an owl. So the owls, like I was saying, are this ancient race of these super smart kind of mage-esque engineer wizards or whatever. But they are by now very diminished. So their greater population, nobody kind of knows where most of the owls went. Uh, They're gone. There's only a few owls left in the world. Most of the rest of the world are either humans or human-looking creatures. I think okay. it's actually a very broad array of creatures slash people that live in this aerial world. Uh, but the owls are just one subset of that. So Getty is like a normal dude. He's like a normal go-getter. He's really high energy. Every t- So Getty is the only person in Veli that is frequently so nice to Otis because they're best buds. Mm-hmm. I gather that people kind of think that Getty is a bit of a layabout too, but they don't think that he's an outright failure. He's an engineer, I think. He's like a soldier engineer. He actually trained in the capital of Advent. So back in Veli, he's kind of like one of the people that knows what's up. Uh, but uh, Getty... He, um, well, gosh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, so Getty is, well, he's your first um, companion. Oh, okay. So you obtain Getty as your first companion, and this is where Owlboy gets really mechanically interesting, because uh, in order to get your companions from point A to point B, you, you're you an owl. You're one of the only people that can fly. You, like, hop into the air, 
and then you grab onto them. Oh. Well, like, <laughs> you, you just kind of, like, lift them up and you grab. their shoulders and yeah, stuff? Yeah, like, oh, you man. just grab onto their shoulders <laughs> and you just swing them around and they just go with you everywhere that you go. And it's like, this is the best. I love this so much. So Getty, because he's a soldier, he has like a little pistol. So if you've got Getty in your claws and you're flying around, you then use I think it's ZL to grab and okay. to hold people while you're flying. You just have to click it though. You don't have to hold it down oh, the whole time. Uh, but you can then use like a little tiny cursor to aim Getty's shots and you can shoot stuff oh, finally. So, cool. so you go pew pew pew. And just depending on the aim I will say is a little... It, it tries to help you. So because you're also having to balance flying around, the game does give you a little bit of, um, what's it called? Auto lock. So it gives you a little bit of an, of an ability to lock onto enemies, but you can also use the analog to freely move your cursor around to shoot at whatever you want. Uh, Getty's range does not take up the full screen. He can really probably only shoot at about half screen. Okay. So to a certain extent, you do have to get kind of close to your enemies to actually be able to make contact with them and kill them. Also, while you're in the air, and also while you're holding on to whoever your companion is, Otis can still use his little spin. So this is a really interesting mechanic of, eventually in the early game, uh, through XYZ means, I don't want to spoil the story too much, you obtain an ancient owl relic that allows Otis to teleport his companions Mm -hmm. from anywhere. So if I'm at, uh, if I'm at, I don't know, my house, if I'm at Otis's house and I leave Getty there and I go off on my own to do stuff, if I hit X or even like ZR to shoot, uh, if I'm in the air, Getty will instantly be in my claws. So for example, if I spin attack somebody and then instantly hit teleport and I'm already in the air, Getty's immediately in my claws and then I can shoot while I've stunned an enemy. That seems pretty inconvenient for Getty's just to like basically waiting to be he, instantaneously teleported to wherever he is Otis is so at all times. Into it. He loves it. Okay. He like when you get the teleporter <laughs> I'm shopping, damn it. <laughs> no, when you get the teleporter, he's like, This is awesome. Getty is so high energy and really happy, and every time you can complete a task like as a duo he's like bro we are amazing <laughs> and he's he's really like your your emotional support and you're like yeah getty we're awesome and getty will even be like otis here can't talk so i speak for him and it's like thanks getty you're my real bro uh but uh you get another companion a little bit later on his name is alphonse Ooh. he's a big robotic sky pirate you okay. threw XYZ means you woo him to your side and he becomes a good guy. Cool. He wants to be an actor. He wants to be on the stage. So he's actually like really breaking from other robot pirates. Uh, but Alphonse can do this one, really just kind of one thing. He has a musket and he can set shit on fire. Nice. That's what, I like that. That's what Alphonse does. <laughs> so you've got like his one big blast, which is like a little burst of uh, fire in one specific direction, wherever you're aiming at. But it has really short range. And a long reload time. Mm-hmm. Getty can shoot no matter what. At all times, he has no ammo. He can shoot all the time. Uh, Alphonse's musket, it actually needs a cooldown, and it's actually kind of slow. Mm. So you have to use Alphonse very strategically of, like, you have to 
kind of figure out where the enemy is in advance, roll up on them real fast, and then like fire at them at point blank range because Alphonse does do a lot of damage. But if whatever you're trying to kill didn't die from his first blast, you pretty much have to like scale back really quick and then use Getty to pick at him from a range. So Getty is more of a, is, is a range fighter. Obviously, Alphonse is closer. Is Alphonse his his musket more like a shotgun kind of thing? It is more okay. like a shotgun. So it's really short range burst damage, and then when it's on cooldown, you can still use like a lighter at the end of his musket just to kind of like light torches and shit. That's funny. <laughs> so you can't really like do any damage with it, but if there's some brush in your way, you can set it on fire and keep going even when it's in cooldown. Uh, whoever my next two companions are, I haven't acquired them yet. Uh, but in terms of the story aspects of Owlboy, which is where I think the game really shines, it basically builds up Otis as this character whose entire life has been, I don't know where his parents are or who they are. Osseo is not his dad. He's just this random mentor. Uh, it builds up Otis as this character that has just been really not treated well by most of the people in his life, in particular his mentor Osseo. And the world at large really believes he's a failure. And one of your first big tests in the game is you have to stop the pirates. This is a bit of a spoiler. So an Owlboy is a really recent game, so if you want to play the game, uh, don't listen for right now uh when you go to advent which is the capital city for the first time leading up to this getty has been like oh man we're gonna go to advent it's gonna be awesome you've never been otis but i have that's where i did my soldier training the streets the people the culture advent is awesome so in a twist of events you have to rush to advent to stop the pirates uh from laying siege to the floating city you get there you get, you succeed. So actually you succeed in your efforts to do what you went there to do and disable the uh, primary ship of the pirate sky fleet. You finish all of your tasks correctly, but because of the enemy that you're fighting, the game sets it up where you still fail. So Alphonse, Getty, and Otis, they succeed in disabling this pirate ship, mm -hmm. but Advent is still destroyed. Oh, damn. Like, the lead sky pirate, uh, Molstrom is his name. He's, like, your main big bad at this point in the game. He succeeds in destroying Advent in its entirety. And everybody blames you. Everybody, like, oh, people unfair. blame Otis, or at least Osseo does. Osseo is like, it's your fault. Even though Otis is, like, a kid, he's, like, kind of What was young. Osseo doing in all this I time? Don't, I don't you know? know. Just, like, chilling he? and amidst his books so, and learning wisdom. Uh, so, unfortunately, um, Getty and Otis Otis and Alphonse, the game like, so you've got this big up and up and up because you're succeeding, 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 and mm -hmm. then all at once you're back down in the trenches of despair. Uh, Veli has to get a brand new graveyard to bury all of the dead from Advent. Oh. They have to take it. This in. game is darker than I anticipated it based on its title. It took a real turn. It took a real turn. Owlboy <laughs> seems like a light, fun fair. It but. was at the start, and then it took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. It's a bit, it's got more story than most other platformers I've played. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of inter-character dialogue. There are points at which you can even set up camp, basically, at like a little floating island at night to get some rest. And at those moments at camp, you can just talk to Otis and, uh, excuse me, you can just talk to Getty and Alphonse. They are, you know, Otis can't talk, so they're basically guessing. They're like, um, you want to talk about owl lore? And you're like, yeah, I want to talk about owl lore. Uh, so even though 
though you can't talk, they will freely talk to you. They give you more of an explanation about the world at large and even just character development for themselves. Um, it's in those moments that you learn that Alphonse wants to be a dramatic actor. And you're like, man, this is so cool mm -hmm. because it's got all of this very in-depth character development, which for most of the other platformers I've played, Metroid, Hollow Knight... There is development, um, but in the case of Metroid and Snake Pass, it's super minor. So kind of, and it's so kind really, of like what I was talking with Ori. Yeah. It's like it, ha it has a bit more of a hook to grab exactly. you rather than just the mechanics. It makes much more of an effort to develop its story. And I would say that really the story is what I'm more invested in at this point. Mm -hmm. Because while I like the gameplay and I think it's an interesting take on a platformer, I will say that it can be really frustrating at times. Um, I'm still Maybe it's because I haven't played it enough that I've gotten super in the rhythm but I still find myself at some points taking way more damage than I feel like I should be taking. Right. I die a lot. Maybe that's intentional, but I'm like actually kind of struggling at certain points. Uh, there are formal bosses. Okay. So unlike with Ori, there are formal bosses. Something that Owlboy does that I also really like that kind of makes it feel more like The Legend of Zelda than I would say a Metroidvania game is that it has formal dungeons. Oh, Like that's actual cool. areas of the game are like real dungeons. Yeah. And you're like, oh boy, I got to go to this dungeon and do this thing. And then there's a boss at the end. I love that. So it's got a lot of different elements in it that are working in its favor. But there are times when the gameplay and mechanics are super frustrating. So again, that might just be me. Maybe it's just because I haven't quite gotten the hang of it yet. Uh, the balance of teleporting your companions into your hands and switching between them depending on what you need if you're not quite quick enough on the uptake for that or if you've maybe misunderstood the situation mm -hmm. you can just instantly die because oh. like if you get in a point where you're like i kind of fucked this up um you might just die luckily the game doesn't have save points it auto saves for you at every given interval or so so typically even when you do die you don't tend to get set back very far if anything it will set you back to a point where you're like okay i feel like i've learned a lot about what's ahead. I can approach it from a better angle this time. I think I'm going to do uh, a, a lot better. Yeah. Uh, I will say that I'm currently stuck on a boss a little bit, which is really annoying. So I'm going to try again today, see if I can get through it. But uh, all in all, I would say that Owlboy is the story-based platforming experience that I really was craving. Right. So mechanically speaking, it's not the best of the best, but it's interesting it offers up something different. And combined with all of this, the story and the gameplay, uh, it has a really unique look. So did you actually look at any images of Owlboy? I did. I actually pulled yeah. it up because uh, so, I was curious because I, I, I think I'd seen the, the cover, but like I hadn't actually seen what the yeah, game so itself the looked like. is actually, it is this sort of 16-bit retro-styled game, yeah. but it's really detailed. Like the art is actually really beautiful. Owlboy, you can see he has an expression. Right. My favorite of Owlboy's uh, facial expressions that that's getty he's like okay. yeah he's always like that hey he's buddy awesome. he, getty's the best uh but anyways so um yeah i like that, that my favorite really of Al boy's expressions is his surprised or shocked expression because he's got like those two little his kind of owl fluff that is his eyebrows yeah they go straight up in the air and his eyes get really huge and he's like <laughs> it's really funny i love his shocked expression uh but so in addition to the gameplay and the uh art style it also has 
a really nice soundtrack. So Jonathan Gere, I don't know what else he may have done in his life in terms of soundtrack work, but the soundtrack for Owlboy is really beautiful, uh, especially in terms of what plays when you're just kind of out and about in random environments. Like, uh, for example, because you're in the sky, mm. uh, most of the different levels of elevation that you get there's an area called the topos like the toposphere nice and then the next one is the stratos uh, the stratosphere like the and i'm like uh-huh, uh-huh, science uh-huh. look at them getting it. some science in here i think that's really cool and the music that plays when you're in the toposphere and the stratosphere and i think there's a certain one that plays at night uh, is really beautiful and it's just fantastic tracks to listen to uh, both in game and on your own when you're at work or just I don't know coloring in your coloring book whatever you do in your spare time I don't care it's a beautiful soundtrack beautiful looking game really good story and character development so so okay mechanics I would recommend it Nice. That actually that, that sounds pretty fun. Like I'm it not, is if fun. I, I think it was if it's one that is the, has a good story hook, like what you're talking about. I think that would be something that I would enjoy as well. Wait for me to finish it because I am not sure how long it is. Okay. And this is kind of a more expensive air quotes platformer indie, and that's twenty five dollars. Okay. So unlike most of the games that we somehow get our hands on that are fifteen bucks, Owlboy wasn't great games on coming sale. Out. Lots of great indies coming out. Lots the, of great indies know, coming out. Point. So I think that it's probably worth that twenty five bucks. Just let me finish it to make sure that it's enough hours to justify that. Okay. Which it, it probably will be. Yeah. We'll see. But I mean, you're having enough fun with it with yeah, the story and I'm stuff, I'm having too, enough so, I mean. fun with it that I think it was worth it regardless, but I'm not sure that you specifically would like it enough to buy it. I see. I see. Well, speaking of uh, the composers and stuff like that, I did go back and check since we were confused on uh, Gareth, what other stuff Gareth Coker's done. And he did the uh, soundtracks for Minecraft. Minecraft? And Ark Survival Evolved. Huh. So... Gosh, some of the big I must other just stuff get him super well. confused with Austin Winter. Well, because the scores for uh, Or in the Blind Forest are very similar to like Journey. They do have a very similar musical style, yeah. I would say. So it's, 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 it's easy to make. Maybe it's up. just because I follow both of them on Twitter all the time. Same. I do too. And I see them. <laughs> them and Jason Graves are like the all, like they kind of, to me, exist like in the same area, area basically. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, great soundtracks all, all around, though. But. But that wraps up our third episode on platformers. Again, if you have played Ori and the Blind Forest or Owlboy and you have thoughts on those, we would love to hear them. So share those with us on social media. Comment below the video and audio. Uh, send us, join our Discord and talk to us about it there. We'd love to hear from you all. But before we go, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight, which I already said we're featuring music from Ori and the Blind Forest. The track Naru Embracing the Light is the name of the song composed by Gareth Coker. So enjoy this wonderful, fun, lighthearted ditty to end this wonderful episode about some two about two very great games. But with that, that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.